Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to do something that might be a little bit tough for some of you. But I want you to think back to the night of the 2016 election. As results were coming in. More numbers coming in from Indiana. Going to be down to the wire in Ohio, potentially. She'll likely win Virginia. And think about the moment when you realized that Donald Trump was going to become the next U.S. president. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Donald Trump wins the presidency. United States. If that night changed things for you, it probably changed things for a lot of people. For several women, it prompted them to run for office. Women are 50% of the population, but nowhere near that uh, in terms of representatives at, at really any level of government. KQD's been reporting on women around the state who are running for office. And today, we're going to be hearing from some of the Bay Area candidates. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. How much did the election of Donald Trump play into more women seemingly running for office? It was a big catalyst. Katie Orr is with KQED's Politics and Government Desk, and she's been following the rise of women getting political post-Trump. There was such an assumption that Hillary Clinton was going to win. Moody's model is predicting that Hillary Clinton will take the key swing states. Not only are they forecasting a Hillary Clinton win, they're forecasting a pretty big blowout. And then that didn't happen. Everybody's talking about the divides in this country. How did the polls lead us astray? Across the country tonight, stunned Hillary Clinton supporters mourning. A lot of these women decided, in their words, that if they were serious about seeing more women in politics, they weren't just going to wait around until another woman was in the position to become the president. They were going to take the step and run for an office themselves. Katie wanted to hear from these women. So she and another KQED reporter, Miranda Lightsinger, started this project called The Long Run. The idea was to find women who became more politically active since the 2016 election. They got over 50 responses from women around the state, including several in the Bay Area. It's kind of cool. We have a Facebook page, and it's almost like a little community is forming there. (laughs) That's so cool. And you mentioned you got responses from from all over the Bay Area. Who who are these women that are running? What are they they like? It's a varied group. Um, Our youngest respondent was 18. Our oldest was 69. They are from different uh, socioeconomic levels and different ethnicities and races. They're also running for different offices. Hi, my name is Aisha Wahab. Aisha Wahab is in her 30s. I'm running for Hayward City Council. She is Afghan-American. It's a lot to put into it. Um, It just takes a lot out of you in general. 
she grew up in foster care and she's running for city council in Hayward, California. You know, it's it's just been a it's been a journey. It's honest truth is you learn so much more about yourself and how you react to things. Aisha told us she has sort of a motto like if you don't see the woman, then be the woman. Make sure that one of us, if not now, then later um, can can actually achieve being a strong voice. So Aisha is a first-time candidate. The majority of my team is brand new to politics. But she was a political organizer. They may have organized a little bit or on an issue or at least made public comments or something like that. And that is what we're seeing with a lot of these women. I'm an organizer. I'm an advocate. I've always gone to a lot of community events. I've been working in this district for a while. A life empowering others. I like being in the streets with the people. After graduating, I moved here and organized against the Iraq War. I've been an organizer ever since. Some of them have gone through a candidate training program, such as Emerge, which trains Democratic women to run for office. But a lot of them uh, have just been doing it on their own. I've always believed if you see a problem, you do something about it. Make your community better. And this organizing is what I truly believe in. I'm not just asking for your vote. I'm asking you to join a movement. So it sounds like a lot of these women are maybe politically active, but not necessarily veteran politicians. What kinds of elected offices are they trying to win? A lot of these women are running for offices that are very um, special to them. I am ready whenever you are. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, all right. And so, and I'm recording on my end. One of our respondents, Kayla Jones, is 25. And just so I can check my levels, can I get your name and title? Kayla Jones, K-A-Y-L-A-J-O-N-E-S. She is actually already a city council member for Seaside, California, down in Monterey. And you're running for mayor there? Yes. And if elected, she would be the first mayor under 40 and the first woman. And she would also be the first Arab-American mayor of Seaside. This is just a huge opportunity and a glass ceiling that I'm hoping to break. Because by 2018, I feel like we should have had three female mayors by now. Why did Kayla decide to run? Kayla talks a lot about um, her town and protecting it from gentrification, really. Housing costs are completely out of control on the peninsula. It's a smaller town, but of course, right along the coast there, it's pretty expensive. So she is really fighting to keep it uh, a place where people who have grown up there can live. We're starting to see our teachers leave this community, teachers that we love and that students at Seaside High love, because they can't afford it anymore. Which, again, is something that a lot of these candidates are telling us. They might not be able to make an impact on the national level, even if that's what got them excited to run for office. But they know that they can make an impact on their local communities, and so that's what they're doing. So our, our society is just rampant with sexism all over the place. Is there any feedback that these women are getting while running that that is just blatantly sexist? Absolutely. I spoke to Nayeli Maxson, who's running for Oakland City Council in District 4. So I'm a mom. I have two kids. Her husband stays home and takes care of them. One is turning four next month and the other is turning two on October 15th. She was telling me when she was campaigning, she had to make a choice about 
whether to bring her children with her and how to bring them. If I don't bring my kids, I, I had one person actually ask me flat out, oh, does this, is this an indication that you would be an absentee mother? And if I do bring my kids, um, I had one, a woman actually, the, the first person was a gentleman, uh, one woman uh, said to me, you know, it's, it's really hard. It seems like you're distracted. She points out, though, that one of her competitors is running and he also has a small child. And when he brings the child out, you know, he gets props for being a great dad. And, you know, you're so involved <laughs> and, standards, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So one other piece of being a woman that is not mother related, there there is this very consistent question that comes up of, are you tough enough? Are you going to be able to handle it? It is fascinating to me, even in a place like Oakland, which is in you know the progressive Bay Area, these stereotypes still exist, and it's because they are just so ingrained in our society. How are incumbents responding to this, or, or communities where men have dominated elected positions? That's the next phase of the story, right? How we see these institutions adapting. We've already seen it to some extent at the U.S. Senate. Tammy Duckworth, who lost both legs in combat, is the first disabled woman elected to Congress. She is also the first senator to give birth while in office. And today she helped make history again when her daughter was the first infant allowed on the Senate floor. They had to change the rules so that she could bring her baby onto the floor and breastfeed so that she could vote. Ms. Duckworth, Ms. Duckworth, no. It's something that the Senate just has never had to consider before because they've never had anyone in that position. I was reading an article about how more states are grappling with whether campaign funds can be used for child care. So if you have to go to a rally, can you use your campaign funds to pay for a babysitter? And that is because more women are getting involved. So the, the ramifications from more women running and winning are going to be felt for a long time. Hmm. You know, at the, at the beginning, you, you mentioned how these women are, you know, more progressive, how they represent communities of color, LGBT community. Um, and, and certainly, I don't want to pretend like every woman running believes in the same things, but who do the women say they're representing? What's the range? Most of these women have specific issues in their communities that they want to deal with. For instance, Aisha uh, really wants to tackle the housing crisis in the Bay Area and make sure, you know, there's affordable housing for people. I met a woman who is running for an office south of Sacramento that oversees uh, the parks. And, you know, her kids have really benefited from the parks programs there, and she wants to make sure those parks keep thriving in her community. So, the 2016 election was a catalyst for them to run, but it's not really the driving force behind their campaigns. The issues that keep them going are really those that are closer to home. Katie, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Katie says she talked to political experts who say that most of the women who are running this election cycle will lose. But they say the barometer of success shouldn't be how many women made it into an office, and instead how many women got involved and how many continued their involvement after this November. To see more of KQED's The Long Run, check out our episode notes or visit kqed.org and search The Long Run. Also, we have this announcement. The Bay has teamed up with Snap Judgment 
for a live show later this month in San Francisco. We're going to be talking about how wildfires have gotten so big and how that's changed our lives and what to expect in the future. For tickets to the fire tapes, check out the link in our episode notes, or you can tweet at me and I will send you a link directly. I'm at Radio Devon. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Hey, it's Devin again. I just want to let you know that we've updated this episode slightly. We made a mistake in the version of this episode when we first released it. So to clarify, if she's elected, Kayla Jones would be the first Arab-American mayor of Seaside. We've edited this episode so that it is accurate, and we've added this note because I just want to be as transparent as we can be. Thanks a lot. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.